0: How you guys doing? It's a joke. I okay. Uh, We're gonna take a little break from our. uh, Did you know there's like palm branches everywhere? That wasn't. If you're like new here, you're like this is a weird church. I don't. I'm not into this, right? Uh, No, it's just Palm Sunday. I was like. What do you say? You know, next week it's the whole like, he is risen thing. You know, I was like, he is almost risen. Like he hasn't, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, happy, happy Palm Sunday. I want to paint you guys a picture. You guys ready? Okay. Eight or nine years ago. I don't know. I don't remember. It might as well be 40 years. I'm, I'm, I'm just starting off as the kids ministry pastor here at Rock Bible Church. Young, uh, just happy, enjoying life, right? And, and these two boys walk in. Uh, they're, they're fourth, fifth grade-ish. One of them weighs probably 55 pounds. The older one is probably 65 pounds. Their name is Eli and Micah. And, and they are just happy to be there. And I'm like, you're not from around here, are you, right? And, and I notice they're, they're saying weird words, weird southern accent words like, sir. And, and I'm like, no, certainly you're not from California. Where are you from? And, and, and all this stuff, I get to know them great kids, flash forward, uh, not only leaders of the band, Eli ran this morning, if you you didn't know. I found that out. I was like, all right, Doug, what's the Sunday you're not here, buddy? We're going to make this as easy as possible on Eli. No. So could not be prouder, could not be excited, be more excited. Super, super lovely job. He just got to sing every once in a while because it's just so good to see him up there in his element. So uh, we are taking a break, like I said, from our normal series for the next two weeks because we've got stuff to talk about, stuff and things. So if you want to open up to Luke chapter 19, we're we'll going to be talking about Palm Sunday. I'm going to do a little prayer for us. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for Mexico. Holy cow, was it good? It was different, it was unexpected, uh, but uh, it was exactly what we all needed, Father. Um, I just pray. Uh, I thank you for just such a wonderful church that can support uh, all those people, all the things that we're doing there, and uh, it is, I could not be more excited to go back, God. Um, I just pray that we can bring someone else with us, God. I just pray for all these things in your name, amen. All right, so open up your Bibles. We got it on the board, as always, to Luke nineteen twenty-eight. 28. Uh, this is, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert! Uh, Every church in America is doing this sermon right now. I hope that you pay attention, though, because uh, I I read it. And I'm I'm not Mr. Like Nostalgia. Like I kind of make fun of it every once in a while. And I was sitting here. I was like, I don't even want to do this. I want to do something else, something different. And I'm sitting there. Sorry, I'm off track. It's okay. I got like four hours of sleep in the past week. So like if I'm rambling, just ignore me, right? But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I want to do something different. I want to change it up. I And I read the chapter. I read the chapter, which I don't know if you've done that in a while. But like usually, a lot of churches, us included, we kind of just look at the first section and then we kind of stop and pretend like there's nothing else. Uh, And that's kind of what I want to focus on, so we're going to be looking at the whole section today. Uh, So if you want to start on verse 28... Uh, this is this is Jesus is doing his ministries, moving and grooving all this stuff. And, and and if you're a movie goer, if you're a book reader, if you like stories, here's the climax of the story. Here's where everything is going to go down. Something crazy is happening. You know, it's the Matrix, the first one, the best one when they're going to the Agent Smith's building. All the cool stuff is happening. Right. And this is Jerusalem. This is happening. This is the big moment. Right. And verse 28 says, and when he, Jesus said, he, he said these things. He went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, pretty important if you're just joining us, if you don't know, pretty important place, right? Uh, Verse 29, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet. Wow, that might be an important place to remember, right? Uh, He sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you shall say this: The Lord has need of it. Um, for you Bible people, what's going to happen? We don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. They're going to enter this town. We're reading this, knowing already all of this is going to happen. We know there's going to be a there's going to be a colt, a donkey, right? Uh, all that stuff is going to be there. We know that some, even though we don't know, we haven't read that part yet, we know that, that they're going to go and tie it, and someone is going to ask the question, and when they do, they're going to respond a certain way. Why do we know that? Well, we, we, we've read the story before, right? But we understand the history. My question, uh, a lot of the times, I don't approach the Bible as if, hey, this is going to happen in my life. Right? I, I, I approach the Bible as a, as a hey, uh, I'm dealing with this problem. How do I, how do I resolve it? Hey, I'm dealing, currently dealing with this problem. How do I resolve it? I'm going to look for it, look back and say, hey, I, I want to read the scriptures and find out my current life problems. You can absolutely do that. There's nothing wrong with it. But Jesus is very uh, certain. He's giving commands. He's saying, hey, when this happens in your life. I want you to be prepared. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to look back and say, what would Jesus do? I don't want you to like, come back to me and, hey, Jesus, there's no call. We found one, but it was tied up. And then they asked questions, right? Being prepared. Approaching the Bible and saying, this is probably going to happen to me. What should I do when it happens? Right? And this is a very silly thing. This is a very simple, simple, Right? Uh, a, a scenario but when we approach, approach the Bible in a real life a real situation of saying hey what happens when my kids aren't coming to the Lord what happens when I pray and stuff's not happening what happens when I'm believing and life gets harder and harder and harder right approach the Bible with th- that mentality of hey I might need this next year I might need this 10 years from now my kids my grandkids might need that right so this idea that hey uh, approach it expectingly, right? Verse 32, so those who were sent uh, went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, just like Jesus said, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. Uh, oh, something funny that we like to do, right? Uh, when someone questions what you're doing with God, the first thing, this is me, this might not be you, right? I kind of apologize. I kind of if, if that was me in that scenario, I'm sorry, I know this isn't my cult, and then I know this sounds crazy. This sounds insane, but Jesus told me to do this, right? It says, hey, the Lord has need of it. Why'd you go to Mexico? I know it sounds crazy that I took off work. I know it so- I just I'm sorry that we did all that. But no, just un- unapologetically saying the Lord has need of it, right? Uh, the Lord of it is, and they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their coats, their, their cloaks on the colt, they said to Jesus, they set Jesus on it, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road and he was uh, drawing near already on the way down to the mount of olives the whole multitude of disciples i thought there were 12 what are they talking about people right the 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 little d disciples right kind of everyone right began to rejoice and praise god with loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to them, teachers, rebuke your disciples. He answered, he answered I tell you, whoo, I tell you that you will get lost in your notes. Uh, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Ask yourselves, what's the questions being asked here? What's the statements? Is this a statement about God? Is this a statement about man? Rock rock Bible answer? Both, right? Who deserves worship? Who will get worship? Right. Uh, Do we have an opportunity to worship? If we fail to worship, will God still be worshiped? Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Do you want to worship, or do you do not want to worship? Because because God getting worshiped, we've already established, is going to happen. Now it's our question to say, do we want to be a part of that? Are we going to let it go and let somebody or something else worship God? And it sounds insane, but absolutely that is true. You go, Nate's got this great sermon. I'm trying to get him to do it about the stars. He's very smart. I don't understand it, but I like to think I do, right? And and it's this idea that even like stars, the sky, constellation, everything is worshiping God. It's pointing straight to Jesus. So yeah, absolutely, a rock, we don't think of it like that, but absolutely a rock can worship the Lord, right? Verse 41, and when he drew near to the city and saw it, he wept over it what's going on thought this was happy fun times he just got worshiped he just got celebrated why is he weeping if you know that everyone's saying hey oh this is this coming messiah he's gonna set us free he's gonna do all this stuff he's getting the golden he's on a donkey but he's getting the golden trip why is he crying Verse 42 saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. Is that a lot of hope? You're stuck. You're going to get barricaded. Stuff's going to happen around you. You're going to get surrounded. That doesn't sound great. Jesus, I thought you were going to set us free. Um, got a question, right? Uh, uh, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. He's approaching the very temple of God, saying every single stone will be destroyed. He's approaching Jerusalem, the place to be. If you're if you're a Christian, Jewish, anything, the place, and Jesus is saying these words. That should be a little like red flag. I'm confused. Right? What's going on? I don't understand, Jesus. Why Shouldn't you be, like, preaching a sermon? Oh, maybe he is. Shouldn't you be, like, setting us free from wrongdoing? Ooh, maybe he is. Let's keep going, right? Verse 45, and he entered the temple. So, Jerusalem, holy place. Temple, holy, holy, holy place, right? The, the place that he's like, hey, Jesus... Here you go, right? If Jesus walks in, I'm getting off the stage, folks. I'd be like, "Oh, you go. Uh, it's your turn. I'll, t- I'll take. I'll take you go next week, right?" And he's approaching this temple. What is he going to do, right? And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, "It is written, my house should be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers." I'm, folks. I thought he was going to separate everyone and and bring his believers out and take over Jerusalem. And and he was going to set up this military coup and do all these cool things. And, And the first thing he does is cry. And the second thing he does is some drive out vendors from the place of worship. What is happening? Jesus, the bad guys are over there. What? <laughs> this is, yeah, we're on the same team, buddy, right? Verse 47, and he was teaching daily in the temple, and the chief priests and the scribes, the religious leaders, if you don't understand those words, just replace it with pastors, right? Or a bishop, I don't care what you use, just think of it like that. The chief priests and the scribes. The principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his very words. Let the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Holy cow, what's going on? I'm sitting here this week, and I'm saying, oh you know time and time again, i've i've given that sermon so much that i end with hey jesus is coming to town hosanna hosanna do the, the palm branch it's awesome Woo-hoo! right let's not worry about what happens in a few days because today is good uh that whole idea lasted about two seconds the whole worship the whole excitement lasts about two seconds because why I invite him in my house. I give him the best things. And Jesus starts crying and weeps over me, weeps over all of us. And not only that, looks at our greatest accomplishment, the temple, and says, not only says, but drives it away. Say, you have corrupted this. This is it was something beautiful. This is a place of worship. And now it's just a den of thieves what's going on? There's this huge problem here, and that's what I want to talk about today. Your first fill-in, right? What's the problem? Something happened. There's worrying, there's stress. Jesus is crying, right? There's corn on the pizza, and something went wrong. <laughs> Extra pineapple. Not, not, not directed at anybody. I never do that, right? Uh, right? Something went wrong here, I got all these expectations for the Messiah, and something happened. So what's the problem? Let's look at the two things that Jesus has, and there's a lot, right? The, the, the two main things that Jesus had a problem with in this verse, it's found in verse 43 through 44. And 45 through 46, and we've talked about it before, but that's the whole, Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, he's approaching the temple, and he's saying, hey, all of this is being destroyed, and he's weeping over it. And then nextly, in verse 45 through 46, he's driving people out. Your den of thieves, the commonality, there's a lot. The commonality that I found is, is, hey, it's no longer about Jesus. It's no longer about people. It's about money. See, you got people from all over coming to this one place to sacrifice and, and, and people from all over need to sacrifice something. So, so, uh, so some of them bring it, but some of them might not have doves and some of them might. So, Hey, let's provide that. Let's let's we'll take care of it. It might be a little bit extra, but it's okay, right? And and, and they set up this this, this 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 market of corruption that, hey, uh, oh, you want to worship God, you gotta give me money first. Oh, you, you wanna pay for your sins, well, you gotta pay me first. This blood sacrifice that that just simply misses the point. That that, hey. Jesus didn't come for money. Jesus didn't come to sell the newest, coolest thing. Jesus came to save. It's not about thievery. It's not about money. And if I could sum it up, and I've said this time and time again, it's not about stuff. It's about people. Three years ago happened, right? 2020. And, and because I'm the person I am, right, and i'm I'm and and this is just who I am in general. Church stocked up on toilet paper previously. Yeah, we're talking about it. I don't care, right? right? Uh, yeah, so we're stocked up already. Hey, stuff happens. Nobody has toilet paper. I'm like, hey, does anyone need toilet paper in the church? I need like a couple' okay, I'll bring it. We're not using it anyway. I have time. Here you go, here you go, here you go. It was insane how people, how many people cried because they got toilet paper, and it, and as a church, it was the easiest thing that we could possibly have done. Why? Because it's stuff. Flash forward a couple years, things happen. Kids are kids. Things break. Oh, we got to fix it. Oh, we, oh, some people are. Oh, got an uproar. It's not a big deal. Why? People are always more important than stuff. Always. It is just stuff. As a church, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot forget that. My baby, that kitchen. <sighs> okay, let me see. Okay. <laughs> it's just stuff. If that was just eye candy, if that was just to look good, if that was just to promote ourselves, if we're just saying, hey, look at this, that, the other thing, we have failed. Jesus would be mad. Now, if those things are driving people to Christ, to him saying, yeah, well, this is going to allow us to reach more for people for Christ, and that points them to Jesus. Very different thing. It's no longer a den of thieves. It's, it's that place of worship that, hey, this oven is not to cook food. It's to cook for people. This sink is not to wash dishes. Pff, it's to worship Jesus. Do we believe it? That this house that we go down to Ensenada to build is not just a house. It's not just, hey, I made this thing. Look at me, how cool I am. It's to worship God. Perspective is huge. So we have this huge problem. Here's the two, here's the two solutions, and, and that's the fill-in for your number two. What's the solution? Well, there's two parts, because we struggle with this. People in Mexico struggle with this. People everywhere struggle with this, is, is putting stuff over people. Number one, understand the value. Understand the value. It was a minor statement, but it was an important statement. Verses 30 through 40, 31, he says, Go into the village in front of you, where on uh, entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. What if that person said, no, my cult is more important than your Lord? Old Testament prophecy is then destroyed. <laughs> the old uh, things that have been going around for thousands of years, predicting, saying, hey, Jesus is going to enter Jerusalem in this exact way is radically changed. Because someone thought a donkey was a more important than Jesus. People are putting their cloaks on the ground, on Jesus and all those things. Uh, It's not like today where you got 80 cloaks and you got 80 shirts and you got 80 ties and you don't wear half of them anyway and you got one in the back that's, you know. They have one, two, and they're using, my cloak is more important than my Jesus, than your Lord, than all that, right? Simple little acts like that radically changed everything, right? Now, that's cool for that. But I haven't seen Jesus come into you know, town on, on a donkey, so I don't know what that. What, what if I put my own personal comfortability over Jesus? What if I put my opinions over Jesus? What if Jesus is calling me to give to Mexico to buy a bag of cement? I like Starbucks. What if Jesus is calling me to do something else? But, but I like my Tuesday nights, and I like this, and I like that. And oh, gosh. What's the value? Jesus. What's the value? People, right? Um, uh, so, so what's the solution? Step number one, understand the value. You've got to start there because that's where Jesus starts. He sees people before he sees stuff. He sees, he sees potential, uh, potential before he sees uh, a way to feed from people right? These priests, these people who are selling these these items, how do they see people? Money. They say, oh, all these people are coming to worship God. I could charge you a little bit more for this dove. I could charge you a little bit more for this ox. I could charge you a little bit more. You see the value in what they're bringing and not themselves only. See, that's hard for me uh, I'm being honest, right? I go to a men's fraternity every once in a while. And when I say one well, every once in a while, I mean every once in a while, right? And Scott talks about this, that your value is not connected to what you do. And I don't like that because I do a lot of stuff and I'm really proud of it and I'm excited. And it's, hey, look at me. I lifted up this two sandbags, woo-hoo-hoo, right? And I like to do that. And look at me, I don't need a ladder, right? And that's cool. And a lot of the times, I attach my value to that, Case in point, Monday, we get there. Usually the hardest day. Me and Ryan Hughes, we did the entire foundation by ourselves, right? There also was a cement truck there, right? But I'm um, like, you know, I, I'm sitting there at the end of the day and I'm like, I kind of don't like it. Ugh. And everyone's like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Well, why am I saying that? I bring so much value Because I can lift an extra bag, I bring so much value. Because I can shovel, I bring so much value. Because that's got nothing to do with value. I swipe more than that. Who cares, man? We attach our value to what we do, and that's not the case, right? So, so understand the value is most important. That's where we got to start, and that's where so many churches fail. But uh, you know, equally as important. Understand the opportunity. Jesus comes. Jesus approaches. We are given an opportunity. Every single Sunday, we are given an opportunity. Those are easy, right? To come to church, don't come to church. You have an opportunity to do that. Good job, y'all did it, right? Those are easy, clean. Hey, I, I, I work at the church. I get an opportunity to go to Mexico. Oh, I can eat tacos. Yeah, I'm going to Mexico. Right? I get this opportunity. Easy things, right? Easy. We all we all recognize it. We all see it, right? Oh, what happens on Monday though? Different. Not different. Tuesday comes along. We're not here. We're out there. The opportunity to come to church isn't there because hey, the doors are locked. But the opportunity to meet with Jesus is absolutely present at your job sites, at your houses, in Mexico, in Pleasanton, even in Dublin, right? You get the opportunity, even in Tracy, I'll pick on myself, we're far away, man, there's a lot of traffic, right? You get the opportunity to meet with Jesus. Now, we're going to go back to that original statement that I was saying before, when all of um, all the, the chief priests and the scribes are saying, Jesus, rebuke them. Jesus, stop them. He's saying, even if they don't, the rocks are going to cry out. In every moment, I'm not exaggerating, in every moment of every single day, we have the opportunity to worship God. That's why we do things like Lord's Supper. That's why it's free. that's why we do things like baptism that's why we require it for membership (laughs) see for the outside world Mexico trip just being a good person it's building a house for somebody in need it's building a house for literally some of the years for somebody who's who's sleeping with with four other family members in a bathroom because that's all they have right it's just about being a good person. For us, it's so much more it's about worshiping God. See, you can, we, we, you can look at your everyday life and say, it's just accounting. It's just cooking. It's just getting up early on a Sunday morning to practice. We have that strict and amazing opportunity to worship God. What does it always come down to? the last words of of the of the, um, of, the cha- of the chapter right here it's verse 48 I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go back to verse 47 it says and he was teaching daily in the temple and the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him but they did not find anything they could do for all the people were hanging on his words would your life look any different if you were hanging on the lord's words is going to church even a question then is, is going to mexico even a question then is going and talking to your kids about christ is praying every single day is even a question no if you're hanging on the Lord, on jesus's words things get clear i've said this time and time again but but christianity is very simple humans like to make it messy Humans like to add rules. Humans like to say, oh, the temple is the most important thing. And Jesus is saying, you like your temple so much, you like your holy city so much, guess what? It's going to get destroyed. You like your 401, cool, can we get personal? You like your 401k so much, it's going to get destroyed. You like your savings, you like your plan, your future, all of those things that we so fervently believe in and put our faith in. Not even a stone is going to be remained. Why? Because he's a jerk? <laughs> we think that sometimes, but no. Saying, hey, none of that lasts. All of those faiths that you put your life, la- it doesn't work, it doesn't last. Sure, it may last you a month or two or a couple years. The only thing, the only person that we could put our faith in it's Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one that, that makes it worthwhile. Father, I just thank you for this day. I pray that we are constantly reminded, especially now in, in Palm Sunday season and Easter season and all that good stuff, God, that we remember that, that you are the one that we put our faith in that you are the one that we put our trust in, God, that we certainly have savings, that we certainly have a job, that we certainly have a plan, that we, that we don't just uh, deny responsibility, but we understand who you are and who you are to us, God, that we give it all to you, Father. And I just pray uh, for this time of offering, God, that if anyone is new or visiting, God, that they feel no obligation to give, Lord, but they simply understand what we do as a church family, God. We give this time to you, Father. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Speaking of Waymaker, speaking of, uh, what was it? Understand the uh, opportunity. we're, we're sitting there around the campfire, and Bryce Magan is talking, and he's sharing. He says a lot of stuff, and I want to make him sound good, so I'm not going to share it all, but I'll share this, right? He says, I thought uh, this chapter of my life was closed, but God had other plans. That's a great but, you know? That's a that's a great but. That, that changes things. Go with Him, and and maybe let some chapters in your life, maybe let some opportunities that you thought were too far gone, maybe, just maybe, maybe let God open up those chapters again. Go with Him. See you Thursday, guys, 6 o'clock.